Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that's living, it's transforming. Heavenly Father, that help us to incline our ears to the Word this morning. Help us to search for understanding. Help us to dive deep into the spiritual things of God. And help us to live a life that's supernatural. Help us to leave, live the kingdom life here on earth. Help us to partner in a greater way with Holy Spirit in our daily life. We're going to receive this right now by faith in Jesus. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been, this is 13 weeks that we've been discussing kingdom living, partner with the Holy Spirit, right? And I'm very excited about this message. Um, but we're going somewhere. And I just want to, I'm hoping that as we have been going through this series, it's created a hunger in you for, to understand the relationship that you have with Holy Spirit in a greater and greater way. We have two more mess- messages, and then the last message, I'm just going to let you know in, in advance, um, we are going to be ministering and impartation. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, we're, we're going to uh, impart the baptism of the Holy Spirit on those that desire to have the Spirit in their life in a greater way. Maybe you were baptized in the Holy Spirit years ago, right? But it just you, you, haven't, you haven't been walking in the fullness of that. And, and you just want to be refilled and uh, so in two weeks, we're going, to be, we're going to be doing that. So get ready, get ready, get ready, right? Amen? But we're trying to get you hungry. And we've been talking about kingdom living. Kingdom living. Supernatural living, right? If we have a supernatural God, don't you think that His children that have been recreated in the image of Christ should walk supernaturally? Did Jesus walk supernaturally? I would say so, right? <laughs> yeah. Jesus walked supernaturally. Did his disciples walk supernaturally? They walked supernaturally. So, how should we be then? Supernatural. Supernatural. And, and, and when we partner with Holy Spirit, we are actually partnering with God, right? Do you understand that? God, Holy Spirit is God, Jesus is God. And the Father is God. Three in one. Three separate, three separate individuals that are one in perfect union. One in thought. One in action. One, and, and Jesus said to His disciples, I pray that they would be one as you and the Father. You, the Father and I are one. This is that desire that, Holy Spirit, that God has and we are one in God. How are we one in God? In the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the same Spirit that resided in Christ, Holy Spirit, resides in us. And so we are connected, not only to God through the Spirit, but one another through the Spirit. Right? It's the same Spirit. And, and, and we have fellowship with God. And that is what eternal life is. So many people don't know what eternal life is. They think that eternal life is going to heaven one day. Well, i got news for you. Heaven isn't even our dwelling place. There's a new heaven and a new earth, right? And we live on earth. When Jesus comes back, we live on earth. God created the earth for humanity. And this is our dwelling place. Sit back, relax. You're going to be here a while. Eternal life is not going to heaven one day. Jesus Christ told us what eternal life is. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus says this, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing God. It's having 
fellowship with God. It's being baptized and submerged into God through the Spirit. And the only way that you can know God is to know Jesus Christ. That's eternal life. So you have the ability to experience eternal life right now. Right now in this earth to the extent that you want to know God, to the extent that you want to fellowship with God, to the extent that you want to walk in His ways in partnership with Holy Spirit, you can have more and more of the eternal life of God manifesting in your life. And you've exper- you, you know people, you've seen people, you've experienced people that are walking, they seem to be walking in a deeper friendship with, with Holy Spirit and God. And I'm here to tell you that's not just for select people. God doesn't say, well, I like that person better than this person, so I'm just going to bless that person more than this person. No, it's available to everyone. Eternal life is for everyone. And Jesus says that eternal life is knowing God. Eternal life is knowing God. And Jesus Christ whom He has sent. See, being a Christian is not about a moral code. We are not Jews. We do not have a Ten Commandments. We do not have the book of the law. We have Jesus Christ crucified. He is our life. He is our truth. He is our God. And Christianity is about knowing God through Jesus. And knowing God through Jesus will change the way that you live. Right believing always leads to right actions. I know that's that's profound, ain't it? Every bad mistake that you made in your life, everything that you regret in your life, guess what? Is because you were believing wrong. You were believing wrong. Right actions follow right believing. Religion tries to convince you that right doing leads to right believing. Right doing, if I just do, 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 if I discipline myself enough, then I'll be free. No. When you believe that you are a son or daughter of God, when you believe that the greater one lives in you, when you believe that you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, when you believe that you are no longer under the law, but under grace, and sin shall not have dominion over you, when you believe that you are holy and righteousness in a sight because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. When, you. when you understand that you are royalty and you have an inheritance in the kingdom of God and you really believe it, just not know it, then actions change. Then your speech changes. Everything in your life changes through having this fellowship, having eternal life being manifested manifested through you. We have the Spirit of God dwelling in us. We are in the earth, but the Bible says, but we are not of the earth. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. How are you seated with Christ in heavenly places? Through the Spirit. Remember I said we're all connect, we're connected to God through the Spirit? and We're connected with one another. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So when you pray, you don't have to bombard the gates of heaven. If you're seated in heavenly places with Christ, you can just turn and say, hey Jesus, He's right there. He's not, there's no distance. God's not far. He's closer than the air that you breathe and the skin that's on your bones. You have been submerged, baptized, welded. You have, been, <laughs> you have become one with Him forever. That's, that's awesome. That's that mystery of Christ. So with this in mind, that we are created for supernatural living, that we're created to to live in the kingdom in the midst of this fallen world that is in the process of being redeemed, right? It says that creation is groaning for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. 
There, there is a redemption happening to the earth. And we, and, 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 and we are part of that redemption. And knowing that we are partnered, we are in fellowship with Holy Spirit, and that kingdom living is supernatural, we're going to dive into an area where the supernatural meets the natural. And when the supernatural meets the natural, it brings amazing benefits to those that have become one in the Spirit with Christ Jesus. And today we're going to talk about the benefits of praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. You know, I find it interesting that how little the mainstream church talks about praying in tongues. Because you guys are students of the Bible, right? You know that Jesus said in Mark that a believer will, will speak with new tongues. Right? You've read the book of Acts, and tongues is all over the book of Acts, right? 1 Corinthians, tongues is all over the first, in 1 Corinthians. Ephesians, tongues is in Ephesians. It's in Romans. It's in Jude. Anywhere that you read in the Spirit, where anywhere where you read praying in the Spirit, it's talking about speaking in tongues. So it's throughout the entire New Testament. And it's something that Jesus said would be an earmark of those that would believe. And so it amazes me that if it's through the New Testament, how the church doesn't talk about it. And it amazes me even more how Christians... When you bring up the subject of it, they, they, they either get puffed up about it because they're a tongue talker, or they start squirming in their seats because they're not they're they're, they're afraid of it. Listen, anything that God has for you is not to be to be to be afraid of. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So if you are fearful of something that God has for you, no, that's not, that's not the Spirit of God that's giving you that fear. Amen? Yep. Heard all that garbage. Well, we're going to hear the good news today. <laughs> the very first thing that, uh, that people have to understand when it comes to the topic of tongues, the supernatural utterance that is given to the, to the body of Christ, is that there is a difference between the gift, the ministry gift of tongues, and just the prayer language of tongues. The ministry gift of tongues, and we're, you're going to see how it's talked about differently in, in Scripture, the ministry gift of tongues has to be followed by the gift of interpretation. The ministry gift of tongues happens in a corporate body where the Holy Spirit gives a word in an unknown tongue. It's spoken out over the body and it needs to be followed by either the person that spoke in tongues or someone else. An interpretation, another gift from the Holy Spirit telling you what was just said. And when that happens, the Word of God says it, it elevates that to equal with the gift of prophecy, and the body is edified through that, right? So there is the ministry gift of, of tongues, followed with the interpretation of tongues. But there's also a prayer language given to each individual so that they might be edified. So that they, that they might be edified. The Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 5, I wish all spoke with tongues. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and he says, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. So if the Apostle Paul was writing to Karis New Testament church, do you think he'd say anything different? Would he say anything different to you? I think not. 
Then in verse 18 he says, I thank God. Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Now if Paul believed that it was essential to speak with tongues, who, who, who are we to say that we do not need this gift? We, that we do not need this supernatural utterance? Could it be that the reason Paul did the exploits they did, could it be that the reason that Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament is because he spoke in tongues more than them all? And you're thinking, well, how in the world does that add up? Well, you're going to see in just a little bit. See, tongues is a new spiritual language that is confirmed in the Scriptures. And in the book of Acts, as the evidence God chose to indicate that a person is, spill, uh, is filled with the Spirit. Look at the following Scriptures. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and get, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts chapter 19, verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying hands on him, talking about Saul that became Paul, him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't say that he spoke in tongues. But Paul just said that he speaks in tongues more than them all. Right? In Acts chapter 10, verse 45, it says, And those of the circumcision, this, those... Um, who believed were astonished. So the circumcision are the Jews. The Jews were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that they should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So the Jews were we're denying water baptism to the Gentiles. So God just bypassed the whole system, baptized them in the Holy Spirit. They spoke with tongues, and Peter saying, if God baptized them in the Spirit, how can we deny them water? Right? Don't you love religion? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked him to stay a few days. In Acts chapter 19, verse 1, it says, And it happened when Apollos was in Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions of Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. John's baptism is not the baptism of Christ. John's baptism is the baptism of the remit, or, or of the uh, forgiveness of sins for the for um, the cleansing of sins, and Jesus' baptism is into his death, burial, and resurrection. Our sins aren't washed away; they're gone forever. You've been became a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have been joined to Christ in His baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who was to come, or come after him. That is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve and all. Tongues is one of the primary ways that God chose, God chose this, to indicate that a person has been baptized, filled with the, with the Spirit of God. Now understand something. Being baptized in the, in the Holy Spirit, it does not qualify you to go to heaven. Right? You have, this, you have Holy Spirit in you. You become a new creation by faith in Jesus Christ. And the Spirit dwells in you. But you can, you can have the Spirit within you, but you can also have it upon you. Remember when we were talking about that rivers of living water would come out of you? Rivers of living water. 
Holy Spirit doesn't just want to hide in you. He wants to be upon you. And there's a submerging, a baptism in Holy Spirit in a greater way. And in, if you read the book of Acts, you see that there was many times that the, the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians actually tells us to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a constant baptism in the Holy Spirit. So if I asked you, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you say yes, I should be able to say, well, let me hear it. I should say, let me hear it. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we should hear it. Isn't it interesting that it's still something that you speak out? It comes out of your mouth. And you need to know that praying in the Spirit is not just for the super dupers. It's for you. It's for you. It's for, it's for those that humble themselves enough to become dependent on God. It's the promise of Jesus to all believers. So here's the question. Is why? Why? Why speak in a tongue that you have no idea what you're saying? That's a logical question, isn't it? For those that were raised in tongue-talking churches, it's to show people how spiritual you are. I would be surprised. You'd, I, I, you'd be surprised at how many people couldn't really tell you why to speak in tongues. And for someone that was not raised in tongue-talking churches, their carnal mind is thinking, that's the most stupidest thing in the world. Why would I want to pray gibberish? Right? That's their, that's, that would be their language. Why would I want to pray gibberish and pray something that I don't understand? And that's a question that people have. And that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> because we're going to answer that today. We're going to answer that. The first reason that you want to pray in the Spirit, the re reason why you want to pray in tongues, is to increase intimacy with God. We just talked about eternal life is what? Knowing God. And knowing Jesus Christ whom He sent. It's to become more and more intimate with the Father. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So, if you hear someone speaking in tongues and it upsets you, because you don't know what they're saying, it shouldn't upset you because they're not talking to you. They're not talking to you. It says, for no one understands Him. However, in the Spirit, He speaks mysteries. So what's this verse telling us? What is this verse telling us? It says that if you want your spirit to have direct communication with God, without your carnal mind interfering, you need to speak in tongues. When you speak in tongues, you are not speaking to men, but you're speaking directly to God. You are a spirit. Do you know that? Do you know that you're a spirit? You're a spirit that has a soul. What is your soul? That's your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. Right? Right? And then you live in a body. When you're born again, your spirit is recreated in the very image of Christ. It is perfect and it is sealed by Holy Spirit. But your personality hasn't changed. Your thoughts 
haven't totally changed. Your emotions haven't changed. And the Bible says that we are to renew our mind, renew our soul through the Word of God, through understanding Scripture. Through We have to get right believing in our minds. So your mind can be in unity with your spirit. Your spirit is always on. It's always perfect. It's always in union with God. And if we can renew our minds to agree with our spirits, that's where the manifestation of the kingdom happens. We need to renew our minds. And when your mind and your spirit are in perfect unity, then your actions and your body follows. See how this all ties together? I didn't know where I was going to go this way today. But. So it says that if you want your spirit to, to have direct communication with God without your carnal mind interfering. Do you know sometimes your thinking is wrong? Yeah. Sometimes your thinking is wrong. Sometimes your thinking isn't lining up with the will of God. Sometimes you're praying for something that is God saying, you don't want that. I'm telling you, you don't want that. So how do we, how do we get, how can we, wouldn't it be awesome if there was a way that we could always pray the perfect will of God? There might be. And it's through praying in the Spirit. Your born-again spirit, that's just like Jesus, gives your mind an utterance. Holy Spirit gives you an utterance because you're one with Holy Spirit. Gives you an utterance. And you, out of your physical mouth, your soul has to agree with your spirit and speak out the utterance. What's an utterance? It's a word. It's a word. The, the, only, the only language that I know is English. Right? The only no language I know is English, and I'm not very good at that. But if I was to speak Spanish, someone that spoke Spanish would have to give me a word, an utterance, and then I could repeat that utterance. Do you understand that? Holy Spirit gives you the word, an utterance, and you speak that utterance. Your soul, your mind has to come in agreement with the Spirit and speak forth that utterance. If you don't speak the forth that utterance, you're not in unity and you're not in agreement. It is our spirit communicating directly with his spirit. The following scripture confirms what we just read here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 14. If I pray in a tongue, well, who's praying? My spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. It's pretty clear, isn't it? When you pray in a tongue, your spirit's the one that's praying. But your mind is not fruitful. Why? Because you don't know what you're saying. Does that mean you'll never know what you're saying? No, you can, you can pray to interpret. Whereas we're going to see, there's enlightenment that ha We'll get, get to it. You guys are trying to get me ahead of myself. Your spirit is the one that's praying. When we pray, we don't understand. When you pray in the spirit, you are praying the perfect will of God. Your your mind and emotions limit, and your in our limited understanding can interfere with our prayers. Now, I'm not saying that praying in a known language is wrong. It's not wrong at all. But there's, it, we're limited by our flesh. We're limited by our, our knowledge of Scripture. We're limited by the wisdom and what's to come, the future, all those things. Pastor Tom just taught us last week that the Holy Spirit is here to show us things to come. Isn't that awesome? This is how we tap into that. When we are praying in the Spirit, our spirit is speaking to His Spirit. In other words, the real you, your born-again spirit, is speaking directly to God. 
This is where many struggle. This is where many struggle. They struggle with their minds not knowing what they're praying. Seems like it almost takes faith. And the just shall live by faith. And anything that is not of faith is sin. It takes faith to pray in the Spirit. It takes humility to pray in the Spirit. And they struggle with this. They struggle with not knowing what they're praying, but that's because it's supernatural. Although your carnal mind might not understand it, God receives it. And the more that we pray in the Spirit, and pray Spirit to Spirit, it causes us to be more sensitive to the person of Holy Spirit. Your spirit, man, becomes more sensitive to the things of God the more that you are communicating Spirit to Spirit. Spending time praying in the Spirit will draw you closer to the Lord and cause you, you to sense and know His, His life and presence in such a more magnified way than just praying in English alone. Our minds can run out of things to say. Right? Have you ever done that? Churches want to have a 24-hour prayer vigil. 24-hour prayer vigil. I think that's wonderful if we got 24 hours of things to pray about. Right? You go in there, you got a time slot for an hour. First 10 minutes, you rattle off everything that you know to pray for, and then what do you do for the rest of the 50 minutes? You run out of things to pray. Because our carnal mind is limited. But our spirit is unlimited. And you can pray in the spirit for hours and hours and hours and never run dry. It's awesome. Our minds can run out of things, but our spirit never runs out. So not only does praying in the spirit cause, praying spirit to spirit with God cause us to, uh, to have closer intimacy with God. It edifies us. Edification. You know what edification means? It basically means to improve a person. How many people want to improve themselves? Right? I do. Do you? Well, I'm glad you did. So how do we improve, our, how do we improve ourselves? That's probably what you're wondering. I want to improve myself, but how do I do it, Chad? I'm glad you asked. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 4, it says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. The Bible says that when you speak in a tongue, you improve yourself. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He that prophesies edifies the church, improves the church. Why would someone that prophesies prophesy edify the church? Because prophecy is in a known t- tongue. Prophecy is in a known language. So, that, so if it's in a known language, the church can agree with that and be edified and improved and build up. But tongues, people don't know, unless it's interpreted, don't know what you're saying because you're speaking to God and not to man, right? Your spirit is speaking directly to God. And he says, when you do that, you are edifying yourself. You are improving yourself. You are building yourself up. Man. So, 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 so you're only limited to the amount that you are praying in the Spirit. The Bible says that when we pray in tongues, it brings inter- encouragement and strength to our inner man, <clears throat> into your, your spirit man. And the definition of the Greek word translated here, edify, it means to encourage, build up, confirm, restore, and establish. That's what happens when you pray in the tongue. This life is filled with ch- challenges, isn't it? How many of you ever run into challenges in this life? How many of you have had the enemy just constantly looking to discourage you? You're, you just feel discouraged. He's constantly accusing you. 
He's constantly trying to weaken you. He's constantly trying to tear you down. Right? He's trying, he's trying to get you to focus on the wrong things in an effort to cause you to unbelieve or be ineffective or worse yet, to give up. How many people can relate to that? So did God just leave us all alone to fight the devil and, and, and all the things that He has to throw at, throw at us? We're just on our own? No, He's given us weapons of warfare. He's given us Holy Spirit. He's given us the gifts of the Spirit. We all need one another. We need daily encouragement. But we need to be available to God to encourage us daily. And how can we be encouraged? How can we be edified? How can we be built up? How can we be focused? Through praying in the Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Beware, brethren, least any of you, any of you Excuse me. Brethren, least there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Least any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We are supposed to be exhorting one another. The body of Christ is supposed to be building up and encouraging one another. But how can we do that if we haven't been encouraged ourselves, how, how can we edify others if we have not been edified ourselves? And how can you be edified? By praying in the Spirit. Be praying in the Spirit. As pastors, we know this. Because we spend almost all of our time edifying others and building others up. And we need to be edified by God. I'm telling you, a lot of pastors burn out and give up because they're not spending time edifying themselves. A lot of pastors get discouraged and they look at what's happening in the, in the physical realm. They're looking at what's happening in their church. They're looking at what's happening in their community, in their world. And they're being shaken by those things. And they give up because they're not spending time edifying themselves. See, holy tongues, the gifts of the Spirit... The church has really misguided a lot of people. For some people, the only time they speak in tongues is on Sunday morning. Now, tongues is a way of life. Day in, day out. In your car, running into trouble. Got a question. Pray in the Spirit. The reason why so many Christians are beat down is because they are not appropriating this gift given to us by God to edify and build us ourselves up on our mo- well, I'm getting ahead of myself on our most holy faith. So, in order to be used by God, we need to be encouraged, encouraged ourselves, and the way that we encourage ourselves is by praying in the Spirit. The Spirit does it for us. Praying in the Spirit will enlighten you. And God's perspective in the situation. And when you see things from God's perspective, things change. It doesn't look as hopeless. Right? When you're being challenged, all of a sudden hope rises when you pray in the Spirit. When He enlightens your mind to His perspective on how He sees things. When you see things from God's viewpoint, things don't look so bad. Right? And that's true. When you're in a flight and you're coming up and you're in a storm, things look bad. Things are rocky. Things are shaken, right? There might be lightning and you can't, the visibility is terrible. But as soon as that plane breaks out past that ceiling of the clouds, and past the clouds, all of a sudden the sun's out. It's bright. It's a beautiful day. And for a lot of Christians, you need to get out of those clouds and break out through and get God's viewpoint on things. And when you got God's viewpoint on things, things look good, they look great, and they're only going to get better. The best is yet to come in Christ Jesus. Amen? 
When you, when you are encouraged by the Spirit, then you are in a place to encourage, encourage others. When you pray in the Spirit, you are sowing to the Spirit. Do you understand that? He who prays in an unknown tongue, his Spirit prays, right? You are sowing to your Spirit, and when you sow to your Spirit, you will reap from the Spirit. Amen? Another reason to pray in, in, in the Holy Ghost is wisdom. How many people need some wisdom? We have a lot of Christians that have a lot of knowledge, but they don't have much wisdom. We have a lot of intellectuals in this world, but they don't have wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to take knowledge and use it to benefit yourself and others. How can praying in tongues impart wisdom to your mind? I'm glad you asked. You guys are great at asking questions, I tell you what. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now look at the next, this next verse that we're going to look at that's found in the same letter, the 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Mysteries. He speaks mysteries. The first verse tells us we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. And the second verse tells us that when we're praying in the Spirit, we're speaking mysteries. So we connect the two. We see that praying in other tongues is praying up the wisdom of God from our spirit so that it will enlighten our minds. Again, it's the unity of your soul and your spirit. So if we... So, so this wisdom of God, the mystery of God, is not hidden from us. Pastor Tom touched on this last week. It talks about this mystery, and it talks about Christ being hidden, and it talks about these, these, this wisdom of God that's hidden. And it's, it, it, makes, it can make you think, why is God hiding it from us? He's not hiding it to keep it from you. He's hiding it so you can find it. He's hiding it so you can find it. The reason why he hides it is so the devil doesn't know what he's up to. The devil can't find out the wisdom of God, but you can. You can find out, find out what God's up to. He has given you the Holy Spirit to pray in the Spirit. You can pray the mysteries of God. You can be enlightened to the situations. You know, some, some of you can have, have trouble with your family members and, you, and you're just so upset with them and all you see is the carnal things. You see what's happening in the natural realm, but if you spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, God will enlighten you to what's actually happening in them. You know, you can have a depressed, a rebellious child, and you find out really that what they are is they're, they're struggling with depression, they're struggling with their identity, they're struggling, struggling with self-worth. And if, if, if you're not enlightened to that, you could actually damage that child more in the way that you approach that rebellion. You understand? And we have children across this land that need parents to understand what they're truly crying out for. The wisdom of God is manifest in us. We are enlightened to it when we pray in the Spirit. And He's, hide, he's hiding this, His wisdom, He's hiding this, the mystery from the enemy. But it's for us to unpack. It's for us to find. And it literally said that He has ordained this before the ages for our glory. Your glory! Think about that. God wants you to unpack His wisdom. He wants to unpack the mysteries of God in you for your glory. For your glory. God wants you to be glorified. How? By finding out everything that God knows. By, by seeking God. By partnering with God. By being one with God. 
The wisdom of God is hidden in our born-again spirit. Remember what I said? Your spirit was born again, and it's, it's just like Jesus' spirit. Right? So where is the mind of Christ in your spirit? Where is the wisdom of God in your spirit? Where do you know all things in your spirit? Right? It's in you. <coughs> and when we pray, we're, we, we're praying out and praying up those mysteries of God's wisdom. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is something that the church, as we enter into the next great awakening, as we continue to, to move forward in this third great awakening, the church has to awaken to this. Awaken to the gift of tapping in to the wisdom of God in every, every situation that you find yourself in. The wisdom that resides in our spirits when we were made new creations in Christ Jesus. When you need wisdom on a situation, spend time praying in other tongues. And expect the hidden mysteries of God's wisdom to be revealed supernaturally to your mind. You guys have experienced this. You've had Holy Spirit speak to you before. It just came to me. It was like the lights came on. All of a sudden, I just knew the answer. I knew what I was supposed to do. Well, that can happen a lot faster. And, and, and when, when, we operate, when we're praying in other tongues, when we're praying in the Spirit, when we make it a constant tool that we use in our daily lives of partnering with Holy Spirit. To live in the kingdom and access the wisdom of God requires us to be, become dependent on, the, on Holy Spirit. And too many Christians are not dependent on Holy Spirit in their daily lives. They lean to their own understanding. Another reason to pray in the Spirit, in this fallen world, it can be hard. It can wear you out. And if there was a way to strengthen our faith, if we could strengthen our faith in the midst of everything that life throws at us, wouldn't that be awesome? Only if there was a way to do that. Well, guess what? There is. There is a way to strengthen your, your faith in the midst of everything this world has to throw at you. In Jude chapter 20, or not 20, verse 20, it says, But you, beloved. First of all, do you believe you're a beloved? I can't go spend a bunch of time on that. But you've got to believe that you're a beloved. You're the beloved of God. You, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. See, this is a very powerful benefit to praying in tongues. See, although faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, faith comes by hearing the Gospel. Faith comes about hearing about Jesus. That's how faith comes. Once we hear from the Lord about a portion of His will and His plan for our lives, then it's up to us to align our lives, align ourselves with His will, with His plan. It doesn't happen automatically. God doesn't force you to do anything. The devil is the one that forces. The devil is the one that drives. The devil is the one that pushes. Holy Spirit leads. He guides. He directs. And you have to come into partnership with Holy Spirit. You have to come in partnership with God's plan for your life. You have to align yourself with what God has done. It doesn't happen automatically. And what happens is that when the devil gets wind of what God is doing in the, in the, in, in the kingdom of God, he, he will attempt to oppose those that are trying to walk out God's will for their lives. He'll come and discourage us. He'll come and distract us. Everything God has planned for us is all part of tearing down the devil's kingdom. So of course he's going to do that. Right? So he's always trying to stop us. And he's trying to stop the will of God from manifesting through his saints. Praying in the Spirit keeps us centered. It keeps the main thing 
the main thing. It builds us up on our faith and keeps us staying on our divine path. You build yourself up on your faith, your most holy faith, when you pray in the Spirit. Another thing that praying in the Holy Spirit does, see, aren't these awesome benefits? Another thing that it does, it centers us in the love of God. It centers us in the love of God. Wouldn't it be great that in this mean world, you know, I mean, people can be mean. The world can be mean. And you're supposed to walk in love. How do you walk in love with all these jerks in the world? Some of you might live with one. Hey, don't look at your neighbor. How do you do it? Only if there's a way that we could keep ourselves in the love walk. Well, there is. I'm glad you asked. In Jude 20, 21, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you pray in tongues, it's helpful to keep us in the love of God. If we stay in faith and in love, we cannot be defeated. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8 tells us this. He says, love never fails. If you are in love, if every decision that you ever make is based on love, God's kind of love, you will never fail. You will never fail. You can't be defeated. There are people in our lives, though, that make it hard to walk in love. Most of our failures are, are a failure to love. I mean, people can rub us the wrong way, right? You know, the ones that get under your skin? The ones, those that, that you've actually been asking God to get out of your life? Right? Just get this person out of my life. We pray to God to get them out of our life when God wants to get into their lives through you. As we pray in the Spirit, we are able to receive God's heart and perspective towards a person. Even a person that we're not happy with. We can see how God sees them. How God feels about them. And we can be moved by compassion. We can be moved by love. Praying in the Spirit will keep you centered in the love of God. Another thing is sometimes we don't know what to pray. Sometimes we just don't know what to pray. And what do we do in those moments when we don't know how to pray? See, sometimes... We come together and someone comes up for prayer here at, at church. And you might hear people praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Have you ever wondered why people pray in tongues when they're praying for somebody and that person can't understand what they're saying? It's because they don't, we don't know what to pray. And who are we actually to think that we do know? Right? We, we, we can pray in tongues and get wisdom. We can be enlightened. We can get God's perspective. We can expect revelation. And when we don't know how to pray, we can pray in tongues for a person and expect to have illumination in our minds, revelation in our minds, and then we speak out that revelation, we speak out that prayer in a known tongue over that person. We speak it over them. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. See, to pray in the Holy Spirit, you've got to acknowledge that you by yourself are weak. You're weak without Holy, without Holy Spirit. For we do not know. That's another thing that Christians need to start saying. Is I don't know, but I know who does know. Let me get back to you. We don't, you don't need to know everything. 
You, should, you shouldn't be expected to know everything. But you have a knowing in you, and you can get that knowing out of you, and you can get understanding, you can get out of wisdom just like we talked about. He says, we, not, we don't know what we should pr- pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is a key to, to what to do when you don't know what to do. When you don't know how to pray, it says that the Spirit will help us in those times of weakness. Those times when we don't know the best way to pray. He makes intercession for us in those times with groanings and utterances that cannot be uttered with intelligible words. The Greek word found here in verse 26, where it says helps, He helps, it literally means to take hold with another. So it's saying the Holy Spirit helps us. He takes hold of us. He takes hold of our spirit with another. He takes hold with another and makes and, and, and he takes hold with another. And the way the Holy Spirit is going to help us is he takes hold of us. He's not doing this independent of you. Do you understand that? He's doing this in partnership. Isn't that interesting? He's partnering with you. He's partnering with us. He's not going to do it without us. When the Spirit makes intercession for us, He's going to do it with us. Holy Spirit uses uses praying in the Spirit to intercede through us and for us. And He does when He does it, He prays the perfect will of God. Because your mind is not involved to mess it up. Holy Spirit will use your prayer in tongues to pray according to the will of God for your life. How awesome is that, right? How awesome is that? And I've told this story a thousand times, but it's a great illustration. I was out on the, on the deck praying and spending time with God, and, and it just dropped in me. It, was all, it had to have been faith because it wasn't even on my radar. And God said, said to me, why not here, why not now? And, we, and, and, and I went and told Amanda, I think God wants us to start a church here. And, and, and the timing is now. And she, and, and she goes, well, what are you thinking? What do you mean? So, all up to that point, I was enlightened. And then the wisdom of Chad kicked in. And I said, well, let's look at... let's." Let's, 52 weeks. What we'll do is we'll get a vision, get our vision put together, and and get a team, and do all these all these all these things. And in 52 weeks, um, you know, we'll pull out of ministry. We'll pull out of ministry in the church that we were in. There's a key to you that if you think God's calling you to the ministry and you're not in ministry right now, you got you got some growing to do. So, I'm, so that was my understanding. That was my mind getting in the way. And thank God that I'm humble enough to just let God, let God take off and, I'll, and I, I just try to keep up. Because as soon as we said that, we sh- the only other people we shared with was with my, my family, my parents. And um, we had our first church service. We had a building with no people. And our first church service within three months. See, your carnal mind will lead you astray. Your carnal mind will deceive you. Your carnal mind is the wisdom of this world and this age. And Holy Spirit will give you God's perspective, will give you God's wisdom, will give you God's understanding. And most of the time, when He drops His wisdom and His understanding in you, it's going to cause you to have to walk by faith. It's going, to, it's going to cause you to trust. It's going to cause you to have to walk in love. It's going, to, it's, going to, it's going to stretch you. See, Holy Spirit 
uses your prayer in tongues to pray according to the will of God for your life. And that's awesome, isn't it? And the another reason why we need to pray in the Spirit is, you know, in this world, wouldn't it be great if there was a supernatural way to take a rest, take a siesta, to be refreshed? Wouldn't it be great if there was a way that you, that as busy as we are, as pulled in all directions that we are, if there was a way that we could rest in the midst of all that? Good news, there is a way. In Isaiah 28, verse 11, it says, For with a stammering lips and another tongue He will speak to His people, to whom He said, This is the rest which will cause... Well, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Will you hear today? You see... It is pretty clear that God intended tongues to bring us rest and refreshing. So many of us are filled with anxiety. We're filled with dread. We're filled with fear. And that's actually those that are in the church are that way. And that is not the will of God for your life. That is not the will of God for your life. This way of living is not from Him. Philippians 4.6 says, be anxious for nothing. John chapter 14, verse 1 tells us, do not let your heart be troubled. It seems to me that people are troubled about everything. It seems to me that they're filled with anxiety. There is no rest. There is no peace. But God. God promises if you will spend time praying in tongues, it will cause you to draw on His rest, His peace, and His refreshing. It helps you to keep your mind stayed on Him. Trusting in Him instead of the storm or your circumstances. And it will bring you peace. In Isaiah 26.3 it says, You will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. You know when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're trusting the Father. You're trusting Holy Spirit. Why? Because you don't know what you're praying. You're trusting. And you're keeping your mind on Him. It's impossible to pray in the Holy Ghost without keeping your mind on the Lord. It's impossible to pray in the Holy Spirit without having your mind on the Lord. And when you pray in tongues, you are trusting the Spirit as you pray. You're praying in faith. And when you do, God promises that He will keep you in perfect peace. Amen? What a deal, huh? See, aren't these amazing benefits? There's so much more to praying in the Holy Spirit than just making you look like you're spirit, making people think you're spiritual. And there's a reason why God gave us this gift is so that we could have all these benefits happening in our life. What would your life look like if all these benefits were a constant occurrence in it? What would your life look like if, if, if all these benefits were just constantly occurring in your life? That you had the wisdom of God. That you were edified and built up and, 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 and ready. That you were walking in peace. That you were walking in perfect love. <laughs> what would it look like? What would this world look like if Christians were that way? Praying the Holy Spirit gibberish? I think not. I think not. Anything but that. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's for each one of us. It's for each one of us. And I, I encourage each one of you to press in to God this week. To press in to God. Seek Him. Do your own study. Do your own research. Become more intimate with the Holy Spirit. In fellowship. Here's one key. 
you can't pray in tongues without saying something. And you have to say something that you don't understand. You have to say words that you don't understand. And I'm telling you right now, be prepared. Your carnal mind is going to fight you to the end on this. Because your mind likes being the one in control. You like being in control. And praying in the Spirit has nothing to do with you being in control. It's foolishness to the wisdom of this world. But it reveals the mysteries of God in us and the glories that are to be revealed for us. Amen? Praying in tongues is a wonderful benefit of the Spirit-filled life and it's available to us all. Amen? Amen. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank You. We thank You that You have not abandoned us, You have not left us orphans, but You have given us tools You've given us kingdom tools to live in this world. You've given us the ability to partner with Holy Spirit in supernatural ways. You've given us ways to edify ourselves. You've given us ways to build ourselves up. You've given us ways to center ourselves in the love of God. You've given us ways to, to, to pray when we don't understand how to pray. You've given us the ability to see wisdom from God and see your perspective. You've given us the ability to keep ourselves in the love of God and walk in your love. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we humble ourselves, you would exalt us in this gift of praying in the Spirit. That we would remove pride from our lives. And that we would be willing to be a fool for the kingdom. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you would use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Father, we thank you that this is a free gift for each one of us. That each one of us has the ability to pray in the Spirit. And we thank you that that gift rests on each one of us through the, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We just love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.com.